0: Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland.
1: On this episode, a treasure trove of data from the 2021 Census of Agriculture is being released. Erin Kumar is the chief responsible for the Census of Agriculture at Statistics Canada. She says the information will provide a sense of what's going on in the ag sector and how the definition of a farm is changing. And a team of researchers are taking a look at food security and culture following the pandemic. University of Regina Associate Professor of Social Studies Amber Fletcher says the research will include an online survey asking the public about food supply issues. She will also talk about the goal to resolve at least some food issues. After the break, Erin Kumar. Digging
0: into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland.
1: The 2021 Census of Agriculture is being released. Aaron Kumar is the chief responsible for the Census of Agriculture at Statistics Canada. Aaron, first of all, tell us uh, what you asked farmers in the census that was conducted last spring.
2: The types of questions that we ask really are there to get a sense of what is going on in the agriculture sector at the time. So it's a wide range of questions, anywhere from livestock counts to farm area to farm operator numbers and labour statistics. We also have questions on you know, renewable energy and technology use. Uh, so it's, it's quite a wide range of questions that we have. Uh, for new questions, there were a few um, that we added They weren't new questions per se. They were sort of more detail for questions that were already existing. So we broke out some of those technology questions to get a little bit more detail. Uh, We added questions on uh, percentage of sales related to direct sales, for example. Uh, And then, of course, we did add questions for the cannabis sector as well.
1: So what is this information used for and why is it important?
2: really is important generally because it provides a snapshot of the agriculture sector down to a low level of geography and it is the only source of data down to that low level of geography. Um, another element is that for Canadians, this does play an important part in our Canadian economy and I think that there's more and more of an interest in where our food comes from and what's happening in this sector uh, and again, the census of agriculture plays an important part of that picture of where our food comes from. Uh, And then finally, we are a source of high-quality data that both farm operators and decision-makers at the policy level can use uh, to support those decisions.
1: So what can we expect to see in this first round
2: of information? In total, there are about 50 data tables um, with innumerable estimates. Uh, We will also have um, an article in our daily that has a national-level Focus, and we have themes that we're looking at are the adaptiveness and the resiliency of farmers um, in Canada. We will also have a data visualization tool. And this tool is new for 2021. And it's a way for users to really get in and interact with our data uh, in a different way than just our uh, regular data tables. There's so much going on. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of data there for people to take a look at and get excited about.
1: Now, Statistics Canada has said it's going to be more difficult to do an apples-to-apples comparison on the number of Canadian farms compared to the last ag census in 2016.
2: So what is this new definition for a farm? Uh, The new definition of a farm takes into account any agricultural operation that is producing um, agricultural goods and will be reporting uh, revenues or expenses related to those agricultural products to the Canada Revenue Agency. In previous years, the definition included um, anyone who had an intention to sell agricultural products uh, in that year. So what this change means is that users should look at the data with caution when comparing um, because farms may be classified differently across farm types in 2021 as compared to previous censuses.
1: So now the raw data is coming out, but I understand that additional information will be released throughout the year?
2: So our next big release after May 11th is on June 15th, again at 8.30 in the morning Ottawa time or 6.30 in the morning Saskatchewan time. And that release will be more of a disaggregated data approach. So we will have Um, provincial and territorial highlight articles. These will be analytical articles that focus specifically on a province, or we have an article as well on the north that will look at uh, both Yukon and the Northwest Territories and Nunavut. Uh, And we will also have on that day a community profiles tool. So this is another analytical tool interactive that people can use to compare different regions. And again, that goes down to our lowest level of geography. Um, in February of this year, we released a mapping tool. Again, this is an interactive tool that users can go into um, and play with the data a little bit and get a sense of what's happening in their region. And in February, we released 2016. And in June, we'll be releasing the 2021 data. Following that, people should be taking a lookout for our analytical articles. We have a revised Agriculture at a glance series uh, that will have analytical articles relating to specific themes, you know environmental themes, um, the sort of economic aspects of the sector as well and those will be coming out over the course of the summer um, and through into next year. Uh, in December we will have our agricultural environmental spatial database release as well uh, and that will be again all of the data that we have available for the census but we're going to be taking that and layering in the um, watershed and soil boundaries for that.
1: And will all of this information be available on the Statistics Canada website?
2: Uh, The Census of Agriculture does have its own specific portal on the website that is accessible if you go under our census heading, Uh, and that is where you can link to all of the data that we have available, all of the tools that we have available, including our reference materials, which we did release as well um, on April uh, 14th, I believe. And that will all be linked there in a one-stop shop for everyone to go and take a look. That portal is available now. It is updated with all of the most recent information that we have available. And then, of course, um, every day that there is a release, we update the portal to include all of the new information. So you can go and take a look now and you'll see the mapping tool with 2020 or 2016 data as well as our user guide that will help you get a much better sense of of, uh, the data that are coming out and how they were put together.
1: Erin Kumar is the chief responsible for the Census of Agriculture at Statistics Canada. After the break, Amber Fletcher and a discussion on food security
0: digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: Researchers at the University of Regina have launched a study on food security. Amber Fletcher is a social studies associate professor at the U of R. Amber, why is it important to hear from the public about food-related challenges?
0: Our reason, our main motivation for wanting to do this study is because of course we all saw during the pandemic how this major crisis we were experiencing collectively also changed the way that we interact with food so we saw you know challenges to processing systems challenges to export systems but then at the same time we saw these interesting local practices where So many people started gardening or baking or doing food-related things that they'd never done before. And I I know for me, I I tried my hand at baking bread, which I had never done before, and I think a lot of people did the same thing. So we're interested in studying how food interacts with these kinds of crises and how our food-related practices can change but can also make us more adaptable when major crises like this happen. So, of course, here on the prairies, we know that food is about more than just sustenance. It's also really interconnected with our culture. And and I think we have so many examples of that. We have, you know, pierogi making and community suppers and Indigenous hunting and trapping, berry picking, canning, all these, these great examples. And for us, we're really interested in understanding how these practices are related to culture and connected to what we call living heritage. So going ahead, going forward into the future, we know that there are going to be more crises, unfortunately. We know that climate change is happening, of course. And so our, our main focus, our main goal with this project is by better understanding people's relationship with food and how cultural practices could, if, if strengthened and supported, could actually help possibly mitigate food security concerns and, and possibly make our food systems more resilient. And that's really the main objective.
1: Do you have any goals as far as resolving any particular food issues?
0: Well, what we hope to do is to find out, first of all, what those practices are. So what are the the main food-related activities that people are engaging in? And we're interested, of course, in in food production, which we know is, is huge here in the prairies and in Saskatchewan. But we're also interested in activities like processing, the way people distribute food, the way they consume it. And how all of that is really tied to culture and and what it means to people. And by understanding that first, then we can have a better sense of how we might support those activities better, how we might, you know, maybe there's, there's policy interventions that could be made or programs that could be put into place that would help people strengthen those activities to better support food security when crises happen in the future. We have a voluntary survey available. It's an electronic survey, and we have all kinds of different questions in the survey pertaining to, you know, the different ways that people are producing food, consuming food, processing food. We're interested in people's hunting activities, gardening, canning, all the different kinds of practices that people engage in. But beyond that, we're also interested in whether people have any food security concerns so we've got some questions about do, do the elders in your community express concerns about food security? Do others in your community experience food security concerns? And do you and your household experience those concerns? So hopefully by, by better understanding what the, the range of issues are, we can not only have a, a better handle on any potential problems or where those problem areas might exist, But we're also interested in understanding how people cope and and adapt. We are very adaptable people here in the prairies. And, And we're interested in how people, what strategies people are using to support and to strengthen food security. So by understanding all of that through our survey, we hope to get a better sense of maybe some hot spots in the province where there's particular issues. Or maybe where really interesting initiatives and projects exist. And from that point, we can move forward from the survey, and we hope to actually do much more intensive research with five selected communities in the province. So we've already identified a few communities that are interested, but we are looking for more. So, uh, so we would ask people if, if you're aware of, you know, whether it's concerns about food in your, in your area, Or maybe if there's something really interesting and innovative happening that you'd like to tell us about, we are still looking for communities to participate. So we would ask you to reach out by the survey, or you could send us an email, give us a call, and we'd be happy to hear about what's going on in your area.
1: Lots of interesting questions on the survey, but I also understand that you're looking at honeybees? Yes, so
0: we do have a honeybee component, a, a pollinator's component of this study, and uh, what we're doing is we're, we're calling it a bio blitz, which some people may have heard of before, basically involves asking interested people in Saskatchewan to go out into their backyards, into their fields, their roadways, basically into their, their local area, and to record the number and variety of different bees that they encounter. So there's actually an app that we're using, it's called the iNaturalist app, And it allows people to basically take a photo of the pollinators that they see. Those photos will then get submitted to a larger database. And from there, we can get a sense of what kind of bees are are in existence, what kind of bees are present in the area. But we hope to go further than that and and talk to people about their perceptions of the bees and, and how they Do they think those bees are important for local food and and what kinds of connections do people actually make? So going beyond just the presence of the bees, but also the meanings that those pollinators hold for people here in Saskatchewan and their links to food security as well.
1: Amber, what type of time frame are you looking at for this voluntary survey? The survey closes at the end of May, so we would ask
0: for people to uh, respond by the end of May. And if they're interested in getting a link to the survey, they can email us. We have an email address at food.culture at uregina.ca. So that's U as in University of Regina C-A. They can also call our principal investigator, Dr. Glenn Souter. His number is 306 306- 787-2859 and you can also follow heritage saskatchewan so we're partnered with heritage saskatchewan on this project and they've been posting on their social media on their website there's a new blog post so people can also check that out and, and through all of those methods you can get a link to the electronic survey and and we would really encourage people to participate we're hoping we've heard from over 100 people already and we're hoping to hear from a lot
1: Amber Fletcher is an associate professor of social studies at the University of Regina. This is the Agriculture News in Review for the week of May 2, 2022. The Federal Agriculture Minister pushed for climate change incentives in business risk management programs during discussions with her counterparts. Marie-Claude Bebo, Provincial and Territorial Ministers of Agriculture from across Canada, met in Ottawa to discuss the next agricultural policy framework ahead of their annual meeting in Saskatoon in July where they hope to sign a new five-year agreement. The minister spent their morning session discussing what they want to see in the framework that will replace the $3 billion Canadian Agricultural Partnership, which expires in March of 2023, the afternoon portion of their meeting was spent on other issues including H5N1 avian influenza, global food security following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and the creation of a grocery code of conduct. Beeble also urged her provincial counterparts to integrate climate-related criteria or incentives into the next version of BRM programs. The annual Agriculture Minister Summit is scheduled for July 20th to 22nd. Canadian beef products have been approved for export to Brazil for the first time since 2003. This includes live cattle and beef products. Brazil shut the doors on Canadian beef exports after Canada confirmed a case of BSC in 2003. The recent announcement from CFIA wasn't inclusive to only beef, swine and select poultry also has been approved for export to Brazil. Nutrien reported a record net earning of $1.4 billion in the first three months of 2022. Nutrien attributes the strong first quarter results to higher prices and strong retail demand, more than offsetting a reduction in fertilizer sale volumes due to a delayed start in the North American planting season. Nutrien announced in March it intended to increase potash production by nearly 1 million tonnes due to uncertainty of potash supply from Eastern Europe following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The federal government has over $400,000 in funding for Regina-based Prairie Oak Growers Association. The group's chair, Chris Rundle of Foam Legs, says the funds will be used to help increase demand for high-quality Canadian oats. He says efforts are underway to expand Canadian oat sales in emerging markets like Japan and Mexico. The federal government is also providing up to $3.5 million to Winnipeg-based Cereals Canada to promote Canadian wheat abroad and another $461,000 to Canada Grains Council to increase and diversify Canadian grain exports in international markets. Assiniboine Community College and Roquette are developing a Chemical Engineering Technology Diploma and Food Science Diploma programs for domestic and international students. The goal of the new three-year programs is to ensure an adequate workforce for the evolving plant protein processing and food and beverage manufacturing sectors. To create the curriculum for both programs, the college will work with Roquette, which operates the world's largest pea protein plant in Portage La Prairie. Roquette will also consult with other organizations in Canada's plant based food and ingredients to identify the technical and employment skills needed from the industry. Grow Hope Saskatchewan is entering its fifth growing season. The initiative sees generous producers grow and donate land to grow a crop for Grow Hope Saskatchewan. After harvest, farmers sell the crop and donate the proceeds to Canadian Food Greens Bank. Farmers help with the growth of a crop with a donation to help cover costs of farming. It costs up to $350 per acre to provide seed, fertilizer, fuel and other things needed to grow a crop. The proceeds are then used to provide emergency food assistance to people living through a crisis. Rick Block with Canadian Food Grains Bank says regions that have benefited from the program include Syria, Myanmar, Ukraine and Poland.